The following resource is presented by the Counseling and Conference Services of IOM America. Welcome to ZPod, an outreach ministry of Identity Matters podcast. ZPod is focused on addressing the worldview issues relating to the millennial generation and their children, Generation Z. Our new podcast series reveals the importance of the indwelt believer knowing and understanding who they are in Christ. Thank you for joining us today and welcome to ZPod with Dr. Stephen Finney. So we thank you for joining this mini-series. We have been spending a great deal of time and effort writing articles, producing videos, as well as doing these podcasts, addressing probably the generation that is going to be experiencing most of the end times that we've been speaking about from time to time in our messages. Now I want you to stop for a moment and look around in your mind, if not in your community, if not in your nation, or maybe even globally, and stop for a moment and look around and tell me if there are any or maybe a few ministries or churches that are actually teaching the message on the indwelling life of Jesus Christ versus following Jesus Christ by memorizing your Bible, by doing Bible studies, or reading books about Jesus Christ and the normal Christian life, and then replicating that behavior because Watchman Nee acted like that, or your pastor acted like that, or your mother acted like that. It's replication versus actually teaching and preaching the indwelling life of Christ of Jesus Christ and him actually able to think inside you. If he can think inside you, I can assure you he could live his life out through you. So we have a question in front of us. How in God's name, his father, is he able to do that? Well, he put a little system inside your mortal body once you became born again. He not only gave you his life, he not only gave you his mind, he not only gave you, gave you his personhood, he was given a very special ability to function in one modality of living. Only one. And that modality of living is lived out through something the Holy Spirit gave you upon the day of your salvation. It's called spiritual gifts. So how the mind of Christ and the life of Christ 
works its way out to use you as a vessel in ministry is through your spiritual gifting. I just did a worldwide survey. I'm still waiting for many of the results, but I just did a worldwide survey on the basics of spiritual gifting, and I cannot even tell you how grieving it was when it came back when people didn't even know what their spiritual gifts were. Secondly, most people checked the box that they did not understand what it meant to have the manifestation gifts operable. There's a conclusion there for those of us who enjoy reading the Bible and truly studying it from an authentic point of view. We're going to do a gotological deduction here. If you believe that Christianity requires having your human body be possessed by the life of Jesus Christ, comma, and you believe that the mind of Christ actually is functional within you, and you believe that there needs to be a system, it's kind of like a computer network system, it needs a system to be able to pass through to accomplish the final outcome. That would be called your spiritual gifts. So now we run it in backwards through Godological deduction. Someone who does not understand the manifestation functionality of the Holy Spirit through manifestation gifts is not going to understand what their spiritual occupational gifts are. If you do not understand what your occupational gifts are, you cannot tap in to the mind of Christ. People who are not connected to the system cannot connect to the source. So you need to answer before God. You need to ask Him to bring you absolute clarity on understanding your spiritual gifts and to move your mind and shift your life to actually believing that manifestations of the life of Christ can and will occur in your life. If you're buying into this old school ideology that the manifestation gifts are not needed for today, I will pray for you at 602-292-2982. You have no life. If there's no manifestations going on in your life, you have no life. Now you might have the indwelling life of Christ, but there's more evidence of actual born-again believers being in the world that are not tapping into the life of Christ from within, and their lives are absolutely a train wreck, and they still claim to be born-again believers, and I and you cannot say that they're not. So there is something wrong with our system within the church of actually having an indwelt believer be able to make contact 
with the manifestation gifts. And the manifestation gifts are making contact with the occupational gifts. And the occupational gifts are in contact with the very life of Christ that's going to use that system to get his job done, which are orders given to him by an authority figure. And that would be who? God the Father. Your resistant, rebellious connection to Jesus is not a connection. Jesus Christ will remain dormant in your life until you're dead and not force his life through you. That is sad to me. How many true indwelt believers are going to go through their entire lives never gotologically releasing the connections of a power-filled indwelt Christian life? There's nothing that causes this pastor and preacher to cry over my desk more than that. These Self-proclaimed indwelt believers or Christ followers believing they're okay when they have absolutely no clue what the manifestation gifts are for. You talk about demonic wisdom that has possessed your mind. I'm going to talk about it tonight. Our message is entitled Destroying the Wisdom of Man. Now, there are a few passages where God makes a commitment to destroy the wisdom of man and spirit, demonic beings. But most of the passages are directed toward man, the cleverness of man, the wisdom of man. Now, if God is so supreme and he understands how the spirit world works on the human mind, wouldn't you think he would just go after the source? Man's Choice receives where it gets its power. And the human mind and spirit is enslaved to one of two gods. They are either enslaved to Satan or they're enslaved to Christ, a bond slave of Christ. So therefore, there is a respect from God the Father on his very design of the human race. And these men, including women, who have embraced this demonic wisdom, have become receivers of words of knowledge on both sides. If you are thinking that Satan does not have the ability to come up with his own list of manifestation gifts, you really have not studied your Bible very well. He can perform healings. He can perform miracles. He can cast out demons. He can preach. He can do and do and do. The word tells us he can. That's the group that Jesus is addressing when he separates at judgment day. He separates the goats from the sheep and some of these 
goats who acted like sheep their entire lives because of some moment where they went forward in the church and prayed the sinner's prayer, they think they're locked and loaded. Well, they are to the pit of hell. The greatest deception known to the church today is fake salvations. Satan will bring more people to the pit of hell with him through the illusion of people hanging on to a very stupid moment. The only way that we can get into heaven is through an indwelt, born-again experience by the choice of Jesus Christ. Now we need to talk about demonic wisdom. God did make this promise to destroy the, the wisdom of men and demons. It is a promise. It can't be changed. God never breaks his promise. I don't make promises because I'm a promise breaker. That's me. So I have learned and heard clearly in my mind by Christ saying never make a promise ever. A promise in the Bible is the term used vows. I can't tell you how many couples I've married through the years. And the first thing they have to agree to is I will not do vows at a wedding. I have a marriage certificate I take them through. It takes seven weeks to take them through it. And on this marriage certificate are the ten commitments to choice. Vows are not good. God is the only one that can make a vow because he's the only one that can keep one. And he's made a promise here, a vow. He will destroy your wisdom. And he will also destroy the wisdom of demons. Here's our three objectives for today. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 19, For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and the cleverness of the clever I will set aside. So we need to talk about the destruction of man's wisdom, the methods of man's wisdom, and the deadliness of man's answers. Can you imagine, just stay with me on this, can you imagine the Holy Spirit being assigned by Jesus Christ personally to bring you To the point of salvation. Let's pretend you're 75 years old. So for 75 years, the spirit of the living God has been 100% obedient to Jesus Christ's mandate to reduce your life to nothingness so that you can make a transition at 76 years of age into true indwelt salvation. And all of a sudden, you as this 75-year-old person, you go and you talk to your pastor or a church leader, and you say, I am really struggling with whether I'm saved or not. 
And they say, the most common response is, please tell me your story. So they regurgitate this story because of church mandates, whatever that looked like. And the pastor looks at you and says, as far as I can see, you have made the decision to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. I think this is attack from Satan. Seventy-five years of work and obedience by the Holy Spirit to bring you to absolutely nothing. Devastated, broken, alone, depressed. And some church leader steps up and says to you, no, I I think you have made the decision to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. When you were 12, you know, when you are in camp? 12-year-olds can't figure out whether indwelt salvation is real or not. Only 12-year-olds I've ever met that truly have become born again is the ones that the Holy Spirit has fallen upon, overpowered them, and brought them to their knees, and they received Jesus Christ. A six-year-old could do that if the Spirit did it. That's what grieves me when I spend time praying and thinking about the mission that we're involved with. Those of you who are new to my my calling and vision, I will give you this little piece, and I think it will help you understand my passion. I have been called to be a leader to come against the church of Laodicea. That is my entire life calling. To separate you people who think that you're saved and going to heaven, and you're not. But you're under a deception of some kind of wisdom that seems to make sense to you. Versus the real deal indwelt believers. Those are called the remnant of Christ. I am one of those. I know that I know. Shoot me, crucify me, beat me. And I already know the end results. You need to know this too. Can you be beaten for the gospel or do you let your fears block the gospel? That question must be answered. Wisdom, man as a philosopher. So who among you is wise? I believe that is a question that Jesus repeated several times. A wise man is a philosopher who in their investigations seek nothing less than the cleverness of man. And whose highest discoveries amount to nothing in comparison to the grand truths of the indwelling life of Jesus Christ. To be stupid is to be stupid. See, to know the truth and not take action on it because of whatever your excuses are, is stupid. 
That's why I love the statement that was in that movie, stupid is as stupid does. I love that statement because it's biblical. Forrest was not in the dark forest when he made that comment. Now, philosophies of men. Original philosophers studied gods. Did you know that? The earliest philosophers were birthed through the, there was a school back then, the school of Alexander. And he gathered very wise people from around the world and they started to think through the thoughts of a god. It's how much of the Greek gods were formed is through the school of Alexander. The study of gods, how they think, how they function. Slowly it evolved into the methodology of education. Now you can get a doctorate in philosophy, P. H D. What's that? Doctorate of Gods? What most men do not know as a man, this includes women, or at least they refuse to admit it, is there's really only two sources of wisdom God and Satan. And both are very, very Very wise. Now see, Satan's wisdom is based upon the past, since he cannot look into the future. And you can get wisdom from that. It's called psychobabble. Psychology is a specialty in analyzing the past to understand the present. It's a satanic wisdom. There are people that are drugged because of psychological problems, because of bindings of the past when they should be delivered through Jesus Christ from their past. Not drugged, not labeled, that will stay with them their entire lives because flesh loves to keep the reputation of a label. That's what philosophers of men have brought us to. Pharmakia, does anyone know what the Greek word there for pharmakia is, the Greek meaning? It's witchcraft. So now we have a world based on pharmakia. Give them a drug. Stick them in a hospital with a bunch of other demonically oppressed people. That'll help them. They need to be around the body of Christ. They need to have an overflow of the Spirit in other people's lives until they get it themselves. The best protection of mentally ill people is the body of Christ. We are the hosp, the hospice. We are the hospital for the hurting. It's our calling as a body. Satan has taken that away from the church. As we saw in our video, the church actually started the very first hospital. And they took that away from us because of laws and rules. We have a problem here, Houston. 
The foolishness of man adopts a third form of wisdom that is cloaked in deception. That of the mind of humans. Humans are a vessel for wisdom, good or bad. When they are deceived into believing they can formulate their own, they become fools. I listen for one simple phrase from you folks, from our online folks. And it's the phrase, but my opinion is, I reach in my pocket, I pull out my spiritual scissors, and I cut you off. I will not receive anything from you. Now, I don't let that known, because that's called rejection. I have to tolerate your opinions, because you somehow have come to these conclusive opinions that motivate your life. Certainly, it's motivating your tongue. But when someone responds and says, hey, this verse is coming to mind. 1 Corinthians 2.16. Let's talk about that. You see, there is a movement of the body of Christ in discussing the spiritual matters of eternity. I can do that all day long. But this my opinion stuff comes from this philosophy idea that humans have the ability to conceptualize their own thoughts. They do not. There's no such thing as a third God called you. There's only two, and there's only two sources of wisdom, God or Satan. Which one are you tapping into? Satan, you're a liar. And the truth is not in you. And you have no ability to discern. But we do, body of Christ. We've been given that as a leading manifestation, the gift of discernment. And many of you have it and are using it. These people become guilty of the worst kind of religion, and that's humanism. Humanism is one of God's greatest enemies, which he has committed to destroy all forms of it within his timeline. Now get this about cleverness. Cleverness is not of God. Now just think in your mind right now with someone that you consider to be very clever. Many people refer to them as gifted. Clever is not wise. Clever is what you do with wisdom. See, God said he was going to come to destroy the wisdom of men and their cleverness. It's taking whatever wisdom you're getting and somehow creating a formula to work itself out. The end result is the person worships you because they love your opinions. Repeating our verse for tonight, it says, For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and the what? Cleverness of the clever. I will set aside. So you see, it's not the cleverness that is the greatest error. It's the wisdom that has to be destroyed. 
And the cleverness can just simply be put aside. Here's what it says in the original text. This was originally being quoted from Isaiah chapter 29, verse 14. The Hebrew context of this passage is, quote, The wisdom of their wise men shall perish, and the understanding of their prudent men shall be hid. What were the two adjectives that I revealed to you in our last sermon that demons are used in the Greek and Hebrew as definitions? They are called prudent. They are prudent and they are clever. Write those two words down. When you find a prudent person, it doesn't mean their life is in order. It's a confession they are whacked out on the inside. Because they're using external things to put them in order because in their emotional lives they are out of order. That's called perfect. Shanism, using external things to be put in order in order to feel emotionally ordered. So when you walk into the kitchen and it's in order, you feel like your life is in order. What a greater deception could be found than that. Satan is a perfectionist. God labeled him perfect in knowledge, did he not? God labeled him perfect in beauty, did he not? God labeled him perfect in all of his ways, did he not? God compared him to the finest emeralds and jewels and stones of eternity, did he not? You don't think that Satan is not a perfectionist and uses perfectionism to keep people from true salvation? Your undies are in a bunch. Because you should be able to make that logical connection that perfectionism is demonic. 602-292-2982. This resource has been presented by the Counseling and Conference Services of IOM America. For more information about our ministries, visit us online at IOMAmerica.org. That's IOMAmerica.org.